welcome to the Yoga Teacher Circle podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Ray, yoga teacher. You are needed now more than ever, and your unique voice, message, and offering needs to be shared with the world. In this podcast, we'll talk about all things related to teaching yoga to help you thrive doing what you love most, teaching yoga. So let's dive in. So this topic is called creating an inclusive environment in your yoga class. I truly believe that yoga is for everybody and it's a practice and lifestyle that really should be accessible for anyone who's interested in learning it. And really my vision is for everyone to feel safe, to feel seen and accepted in class exactly as they are just the way they are. They do not need to change in any way. I really do believe that it's our responsibility as yoga teachers to set the tone and to actively create an inclusive environment and an inclusive yoga community. Learning how to work with students in a way that really doesn't offend or demoralize, dismiss, or exclude is just as important. It's just as essential to teaching yoga as learning anatomy or sequencing or history and philosophy. So what does it mean to create an inclusive environment? It means being mindful and conscious of your language, of the way you interact with your students, how you cue postures, being open to all ages, all sizes, all genders, races, abilities, It's important to offer variations and options for students who might need them or who might just choose them instead. And really just taking the time to connect with every person who shows up to your class. So what are some reasons that someone may find yoga intimidating? So often I hear from students that or people that have never even tried yoga, I don't do yoga because X, Y, and Z. So the list sounds something like this. I'm not flexible enough. It's too hard. It's too easy. It's too gentle. It's too slow. The fear of not being accepted in the yoga space. The fear of not being as good as everyone else in the class. Or the fear that everyone in class is watching them. Maybe someone, I've heard this one a lot, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not thin enough, I'm not strong enough, or it's age-related, I'm too old, I'm too young, or it's gender-related. A common one that I hear a lot is yoga is for women, and people, a lot of men have asked, do you have men in your class? I don't have the right clothes. There's also just general fear of being seen, and especially in public group settings or that it's too spiritual, or that it's too expensive, I can't afford it. So that's just a general list that I do hear pretty frequently from someone that might be interested in yoga, but they have this belief that keeps them from it. So let's now look at like, what is a yoga body? Yoga body, I hear this all the time. And really, a yoga body is anyone who can breathe can practice yoga. And as we all know as teachers, the physical asana is just one of the eight limbs. But to a lot of people, that is yoga. That's all they know is that yoga is this physical practice. 
So we have this opportunity to help break down those beliefs and to help share that actually yoga is much deeper and it expands much further beyond the physical. You can sit and breathe and be practicing yoga. You can practice non-harming and be practicing yoga. It has nothing to do with the way you look, your age, your limitations, size, gender, or race. All yoga should be inclusive. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. So as yoga has become modernized in the West, it really has become a lot more about how postures look rather than how the pose feels. For many people, this obsession has turned yoga into a physical activity only, and they've really lost the meaning of what yoga really is, this lifestyle, this mindset, this practice, this moment-to-moment practice. This has really caused many people to spend more energy on how they appear in a yoga class, how they look in a yoga class, or what yoga clothes they're, they're wearing rather than finding a genuine connection to themselves, which is the practice, right, is connecting to ourself through yoga. This mindset feeds into a lot of mainstream yoga brands, which may have become popular for the wrong reasons and end up continuing the cycle. And yoga magazines, advertisements for clothing brands predominantly do feature slim women and often lack diversity in size, age, race, gender, and ability. So this has been shifting and changing a bit, which has been awesome to witness. A lot of clothing brands and yoga brands are now adding more diversity in their marketing. So that's been really awesome to see. But this image that so many people have stuck with about what yoga is and who does yoga, this creates a belief in potential students that they might not fit in. And as a result, people from certain backgrounds, races, and sizes may turn away from this incredible practice. The sad truth is that many people will never end up trying yoga due to low self-esteem and body image struggles. And this is really our goal as yoga teachers to share yoga with every body. It is so common to compare ourselves to others in the room or to the teacher. And so many people won't ever even step into a group atmosphere due to the fear of not being good enough or connecting to that whole list that I mentioned a little bit ago. And I connect to this. I've had this experience pop up for me definitely a few different times in my yoga life. But specifically when I did start practicing at 15, I was really struggling with body image. And I compared myself to everyone in the yoga class, to my teachers. Everyone was wearing really nice, fancy yoga clothes. And I wasn't. I didn't have the money to go and spend this money on yoga clothes. I felt like I needed the clothes though to fit in and I didn't look like everyone else. So I felt like I stuck out and I didn't feel comfortable. I remember I wouldn't even show up to class sometimes if I felt bad in my body that day. I didn't, I felt embarrassed to even show up and that's not okay. I know that a lot of that had to do with my own self and my own beliefs and I had to work through a lot of that. And we do have this opportunity as teachers to actually create a safer space. So maybe those students that felt like how I did still feel safe and welcome to show up. 
If you aren't already a member, I'd love for you to join me in the free private Facebook group for yoga teachers. Just simply search Yoga Teacher Circle on Facebook. Most of these episodes are recorded live in the Facebook group where you can ask questions in real time and connect with the Yoga Teacher Circle community. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, that's a little bit about like, I'd say part of why I'm so passionate about this conversation is because I had my own experience of not feeling good enough. And then just hearing from so many and incredible people that have have come to my class or have been a private client because they were too scared to step into a group setting and they felt like they didn't want to be seen. So they ended up doing private yoga with me. And that's really common as well. Or the conversation I've had with so many people that never end up trying it because of these reasons. And that breaks my heart. Some simple things that we can be mindful and aware of to create safer, inclusive yoga spaces are, I've just got a few tips for you today. Like I said earlier, this is just scratching the surface of such a huge topic and conversation that needs to be continued always. So a few tips I have for you today are to normalize and encourage the use of yoga props with your students in class or your private clients, to use yoga props if you are on social media, to post photos, yoga pose photos with props, normalize it. Props are such an incredible tool to really help make all postures accessible to all bodies. And it is important to remind your students that they are all different and to find what works for them, to find what feels best for them. You may need to demonstrate how to use the props to fit different bodies. And when I was teaching public yoga classes, I wouldn't even cue like, if you need to use a block, find your block. I would end up grabbing the block. Let's say, for example, I'm teaching half moon, and that's a challenging pose for a lot of people. And I like to use a block there. I think most people should, at least when they're learning. So I grab the block as the teacher and I demo the pose with the block and I tell everyone, grab your block and then I cue how to get into it. And those that don't want to use it, they won't use it. That's fine. So instead of saying, if you want to find, you know, use a block, find your block, it can help you bring the ground up higher to you, da, 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 right? So now you're just taking it from that to actually bringing it in as part of the pose, Another thing to think about is really just to remind your students that the goal is not about how the pose looks, but about how the pose feels in their body today, in this moment. And in this moment, it might feel different from yesterday and the year before, and you do not need to reach the same place that you have before. So every day our body changes, every day our energy is different. And the practice of yoga is to honor where we are right now. And another tip is to be mindful of your language. This is a big one in creating a safe, inclusive space. So looking at some different language tips are really to be aware of language that is limiting or creates a hierarchy in postures or ability. So this can really make some students feel less than if it's not accessible or if they simply don't feel like taking that option today. 
And I really, I no longer use the word modifications. I took that word out of my teaching language about three, four years ago. I replaced it with the word variations and options. So the word modifications can really give off a feeling of less than to students and make them feel like they can't achieve the pose. So it's like, if you can't do chaturanga, then you can put your knees down. Okay, so am I really not doing chaturanga anymore if my knees are down? Is the only way to do it this full way? I do that in air quotes, this full way. No, of course not. You can do it in so many ways and it's still the same pose. So using the word like variations or options, it really just has a more positive connotation and it offers the choice to explore what feels best for them in that moment, which again, I come back to this is really our entire goal as a yoga teacher is to create a safe space for our students to explore, to connect and to become curious about themselves. Another thing to look at within language is normalizing variations of poses and know that everybody's version of the pose will look different. So here's an example, instead of cueing like this, if you can't reach for your ankles, you can just find locust pose instead. Or if you can't bind your arms, then you can keep your arms straight up to the sky. So instead of that kind of cueing, try this. You can stay here in locust pose or exploring bow pose by reaching your hands to your ankles or you have the option to keep your arm to the sky or find a bind behind your back. That just offers choice. It offers room for your students to explore and to just really check in and to notice, well, what do I feel like right now? And another tip to look at is to be mindful of saying, find the full expression of the pose. So this really implies that there's one correct way to find the pose and to always express that options and variations are accessible, are available to find their expression of the pose. So example for eagle pose. Find the full expression of eagle pose. Wrap your toes behind the standing calf. And I chose this pose as an example because some bodies truly, simply just cannot wrap their foot behind the calf or it just might not feel right to. And this doesn't mean that they're not doing the pose correctly if they can't do that. So instead of that kind of cueing, maybe looking at trying it like this. Find eagle pose. You have the option to float your lifted leg foot or wrap your foot behind your calf. Another option could sound like find your expression of the pose. You have the option to wrap your foot behind your calf or float and hover your lifted foot. So again, no option is better than the other. They're just choices that your students get to explore. I like to close it out by really just connecting to celebrating what your body can do and help your students celebrate what their bodies can do. Help them focus on how incredible their bodies are, how strong they are. Think about your body and all the movements that you take. Let go of any expectation that you need to improve how you look. Connect your yoga practice with gratitude that your body can make these movements, that you can connect to your breath. 
and really celebrating that you are strong and have found peace in your practice, whether it's strength in your mind or your body or your spirit. Remember to normalize how every body looks different in yoga and every body will feel different things in yoga as well. And to continue to encourage every person, every student for showing up for themselves, for their practice. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'd love to stay connected with you in between episodes. You can find me on Instagram at Taylor underscore Ray Yoga and join the free private Yoga Teacher Circle Facebook group, which is full of some pretty awesome and badass yoga teachers. 